Welcome, everybody. Here we are again in this horrible, horrible year. It's really upsetting me now. It's really, it's really, really getting to me. I've had just about enough of it. But thank goodness we're going back to a different year, a non-terrible year. Uh, we're not going to be able to time travel like we usually do because of uh, because we're all potentially infectious. And if you go back to, to 1969, that's that's just going to change the course of history, isn't it? Although, having said that, if you went back anyway, we've all got these sort of um, immunities to diseases that would have built up over the, the last few decades. So if time travel was possible, is that would, that, would we be bringing our filth to an un, un, a decade where it's not welcome? Well, but there's we a go. different kind of pandemic back then, right? What was that? Racism. Ah, <laughs> well, that's, that's not gone away. Yeah, thank God we've eradicated that. Um, and the Vietnam. And it was the first year where they think the first AIDS victim died. So they had their um, own problems, 1969. They had their own problems. So we're, we'll, we'll, um, we'll reach from afar. Um, 15th of May, this. incidentally. Oh, <laughs> calendar boy. Oh, yeah. Are we, are we, we're jumping in. Too early. You want to start with January 1st, that 1969. Drew did a fact bingo. So what happened on, on January 1st, 1969, Dave? Not a lot happened on January 1st as it happens. Nothing of note. On January 2nd, Rupert Murdoch purchased the News of the World, though. Is this the Wikipedia page of 1969? <laughs> is the Wikipedia page of 1969, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Me and Drew yeah. have got the same talk then. We'll uh, we'll da- we'll dance around. Let's dance around the whole the whole we year. So we've around. come we've come to the end of the year. We're just taking the the big moments of the uh, of the year. It just doesn't necessarily. I also made fraudulent it. statements just to mix it up. The news items of the year. Big, yeah, rather sizable one was obviously the the moon landing. Man landed on the moon, or depending on who you ask, allegedly landed on the moon. But let's just say, let's for for argument's sake, we uh, we landed on the moon. Am I, should I say man landed on the moon? I think it's just the, that's the... Uh, they landed on the moon. They landed on the moon. Let's, let's, <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we're going back to 1969, but let's keep our, keep our modern heads. Let's keep, anyway. our, let's keep our 2020 pronouns. Yeah. Change the first way that like you could just call us hums. Hums. <laughs> hums. I like that. A couple of hums get up into space. Uh, two male gentlemen uh, went to the moon. Well, no, sorry, excuse me. Three male gentlemen went up there. Uh, two landed <laughs> yeah. on the moon. Buzz, um, uh, Neil Armstrong, and the other guy. What was his name? I just watched the documentary the other day. There you go, Michael Collins. Uh, Up they went, and two of them uh, decided to... Decided. Decided. I'm just going to go off. Cruising by the moon. (laughs) (laughs) That looks pretty good. (laughs) That's good sunbathing uh, action down there. But um, Armstrong set foot first. But all the all the little pictures and stuff that was Buzz Aldrin. Would you like to? Would you prefer to be the guy that was photographed on the moon, or the or the guy that was the first on the moon? Because he got I all these cool well, pictures. He's like, hey, look, I'm moon guy. Yeah, but like you, you almost kind of merge the two together because you don't really, you know, unless you kind of look into that. Oh, do you, you think people when people are looking, yeah, well, <laughs> looking yeah, at the pictures? Always, there's Neil Armstrong. The, yeah, the the thing you always associate that with is that famous broadcast that famous transmission right oh yeah but the, um, the muffled the muffled announcement there yeah yeah which is actually yeah uh, uh, that, one that giant leap for <laughs> yeah well you did you realize that he was actually trying to pronounce um mux and kind <laughs> it's really difficult <laughs> all that equipment <laughs> 
you know what yeah. happened five days before the moon landing? David Bowie released Space Oddity five ah. days before the moon landing. Oh. Oh, Drew's desperate to just get right to the music part of this. Uh, that's, yeah. that's fine by me. Really, I suppose we are really concentrating on the moon landing. Let's get away from it. Drew's <laughs> right. Right, okay, so the moon landing happened. Music, David Bowie, Space Oddity. Wow. What track. And what no, hair. So yeah. we bit of a yeah, so we bit of a novelty song, wasn't it? Space Oddy little little space it's song. A, it's a bit of a novelty song, but it's like musically, it's a lot more interesting. All right, let's 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 go for it then. So uh, we've done a 1970 podcast and spent a lot of time uh, talking about <laughs> talking 1969. About <laughs> <laughs> so let's pick up where we left off. So we did a lot of talking about the Beatles, uh, obviously, because it was this is the kind of the, the time period where they where they uh, split up, is it not? Yeah, I think Paul McCartney quit in 1969. I think it. The news John stuff. Lennon announced intention to quit the group on the 20th of September, 1969. <laughs> but I think Paul had already quit because they'd, they'd had the big spat about who was going to be their new manager because they'd been, they didn't have a manager and Paul McCartney wanted Linda's dad. John Lennon wanted the, the Rolling Stones guy. Um, official or not official, their, their last live performance was uh, the begin was it in January? Is at the beginning of this year? Yeah, yeah. Um, that was the uh, the rooftop performance. They'd packed in live performing a few years before that, hadn't they? Because they were like fed up of it performing live. Yeah, that's great. Great musicians. Uh, we fed up of pleasing <laughs> the fans that buy all our records. That's enough. They wanted to because of the new techniques that they'd been playing with in the studio. They thought, well, it's you could just kind of put an album out as a tour instead of having to physically go because I think it was exhausting them. Because of all the screaming and not being able to hear themselves. So like, Too oh, much just... adoration. Yeah, let's make Could the, the Beach album Boys not have a similar um, thing as well? Like they, they tried to do that as well because of their stress. This is after they probably after tried the to do it because the Beatles did it first. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, Rosetta Fart, eh? Uh, yeah, so, rooftop. <laughs> our rooftop, uh, the rooftop performance, which was yeah on on a rooftop, um, not a particularly good spot for for the audience, is it? Really craning well, yeah, the neck a, up. That was the weirdest <laughs> rooftop as well. That had a pretty much a sandcastle lip around it. So I know it must have been terrifying. But I like how they they sort of like they pay sort of lip service to the fact that there's some people on the ground looking up, but there's no way you're seeing anything. They're so hearing and some, the the acoustics yeah. of that as well. Are, they, you know, that was just, supposed to be the Let It Be film. Oh. The, the climax was going to be this rooftop gig, and because of all the you know because they hadn't got permission for it or anything, they wanted to get arrested playing this gig and get basically mm-hmm. carted off, and that was going to be the end of the film. But when they looked at the film. And they saw how much it basically shows how, how much they hated each other at that point and how they couldn't work together. And they were like, let's just, let's just not put this film out because it's depressing. So, yeah, somewhat uh, notorious performance, you might say. And uh, speaking of notorious live performances, March 1st, 1969, Miami, The Doors, Jim Morrison, <laughs> the uh, the night he was uh, arrested. Well, let's before we get to that. Let's uh, did did anyone listen to the some of the the, the excerpts from from said performance and and enjoyed yeah, well, uh, Jim Morrison's the action there? I listened to that. I mean, it was like fifteen minutes long, so I'm assuming the whole performance must be even more infuriating. But I was laughing, and then I was angry, and then uh, looking at some of this. Obviously, it popped up little pictures of what was happening, and suddenly there's a lamb. Um, I couldn't contain. 
just what I, it was so many emotions at once but uh that was a revolution can you imagine can you imagine being the rest of the the doors and that's your no but that's, they're that's all good gay. musicians yeah they're all great musicians and it's just this you can tell at certain points they're just not bothering playing because it's like why would we because was there's there, a mental yeah, case was there not a bit where he was like telling them off because they'd, they'd, they'd messed it up or something oh. or, or more profane language was used to that point and he really wanted the people in the back to be on the stage you get you got guys you, you you gotta come up here. What's that about? Well, he had a he had a bit of a, a history of uh, riling up audiences and appearances on Ed Sullivan and stuff. Well, that was ridiculous when he was told not to sing "Turn You On," but and he and he did, and then he got banned. But was there not another one where they were playing the end, and uh, it was just like what? What did you say? <laughs> yeah. Seems to be a natural progression that he would then just you know a couple of years later get out. Well, um, it's, it's the fact that he just kept on. You can hear the crowd being restless, and then he'll say something like, and I'm from California, and then people start applauding, so I was, like, really confused. If I was anywhere near that, I'd been furious. I'd been throwing at the stage. I'd scooped out my own just to get back at this guy. But it was, like, this weird bit of, like, yeah, there's the restlessness of a crowd who's not really enjoying this. And then suddenly, yeah, yeah, I grew up right down here. And then and then he's, like, and you're all a fucking bunch of... He's bunch like, of slaves. So there was the, yeah, yeah, a bunch of idiots. Um, so there was yeah, a weird... So he was, like, wanting everybody to love each other. Was it the grab, grab your friend and love him? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, the, you're all a bunch of idiots. And then, yeah, you're all a bunch of slaves. Um, but I'm here from California. Woo! Well, they were there to see the doors, weren't they? I think they were probably just a bit um, confused and I upset. Mean, I'm assuming he was chemically enhanced. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, what? He, 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 he um, I think that's, um, I think, yeah, well, it was, it was at the, which is why he can't, I guess, well, can you be angry with him or, or, or amused by the whole thing? Because it's a, it's a tragic Tragic end for for this film, but much longer was he? No, he wasn't. Um, and you 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 referred there to the the alleged exposure. So I actually did listen to the whole fifty minute um, performance, uh, wonderful as it was, um, just to hear. The, so alleged, yeah, allegedly he'd said, um, "Do you want to see my?" And then <laughs> ex- and then <laughs> exposed himself. But there's conflicting accounts of that, and I couldn't I couldn't he- I didn't hear that line. He might have been arrested unjustly. Uh, oh. That that night, so yeah, guy was. Was it maybe because he brought a lamb on stage? Was it also a, like a cockerel or something? Was that maybe it? And it was just misinterpreted. That's uh... he starts unzipping though, doesn't he? Because that's definitely he, he does start unzipping the the trousers. Does he? I never heard. Well, I never heard an unzipping happening because it was all audio. I, there was there was no video. <laughs> there was no video. I didn't hear that. that. <laughs> Ah, but this this speaks to the point though. Where's your, hey? Show me your evidence. Bring it to court. Okay. The, you've got yeah, nothing. Well, the fact, if you can call case. it a fact, coming from Wikipedia, says that it was a, an arrest warrant for him um, on charges of indecent exposure was was put out. It sounds like you're saying that he might have been arrested there and then on the evening. Is that not right? Are we conflating this with some other story, maybe? Um, I think it might be that he was taken off stage, but then I think the warrant for his arrest was later, I think. Right, so it sounds like it. Like so he was the, removed the, the, from the stage. Maybe it's a time to unpick that. Measure. And then I think it was once they they figured out what had happened, he uh, got right because I don't think he. I think he was back in Los Angeles by the time the arrest warrant went out. From I suppose I suppose it would only take one person that that didn't uh, react kindly to it. It was like furious. It was like, guess what he did, policeman. 
But then it was a, a lot more conservative back then, right? So the police aren't going to take any chances if they think that there's going to be some some penis exposure. Well, I'd love it if it was the guy from the back of the room that he picked on. It's just coming round, coming back round to him. Yes, yeah. officer, I saw it all. Are we um, are we in agreement that just penises are a source of shame and uh, we should all feel bad uh, about about that? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that at some point uh, this Pussy Riot band have done something like that, no? Some sort of dirty protest. But is the dirty protest not <laughs> everywhere? Well, it could be. Yeah, that's what it is. Yes, that's what it is, yeah. Police are definitely getting called and many other people are getting called in for, for the dirty protests. <laughs> whatever way, you, whatever, you know, you think of him, I mean, you can agree that it must have been exhausting hanging about trying yeah. to manage him. Try to, put, try to control him and, and, uh, and play, play live music with him would have been... Yeah. It'd be like, try to enjoy time. an evening with wet socks. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, exhausting... Uh, live performances. Uh, well, we we could we could move on right if you now, want another, this, another this podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> are you gonna uh, Are you gonna talk about Altamont Italianos? Oh, that's too. It's that's not where I was going. We could <laughs> we could go to that depression <laughs> afterwards. But uh, I was going to talk about the uh, the four hundred thousand hippies uh, gathering together uh, Woodstock. One of the one of the big moments of of nineteen sixty nine. Uh, really, really tied the decade together, just like the moon landing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, what uh, that was that was a three day three day business. Um, they were expecting fifty thousand people. Apparently, uh, ended up with uh, upwards of uh, four hundred thousand. So, not particularly well planned. But kind of I, speaks heard, I to heard the, it was about five hundred thousand. Oh, oh, conflicting reports. It was a lot of them. Anyway, in the in oh, yeah, the mud yeah. for Too for, many. for three for three days. What I took away from it is apparently the the sort of medical tent was dealing with about over nine hundred foot lacerations <laughs> and punctures, uh, but also that the, the the toilets were overflowing. It sounded like there was running into the mud that everyone was sitting in. Oh, it sounded yeah. like hell. I mean, I hate tea that. in the park. The the idea of tea in the park. <laughs> so I couldn't imagine being surrounded by the smell of five hundred thousand hippie. Uh, so big, that's uh, what I took uh, away from it. There was a big kind of. Um, problem with it and the health and safety i think it was uh see i love the fact that madness like that was possible yeah you wouldn't that's that's just the health and safety's uh not gonna not gonna allow that mm-hmm. yeah the yeah. free-spirited days of overflowed <laughs> toilets yeah rock and roll that's <laughs> right oh, i'm foot. absolutely 100 with you on the whole festival thing it doesn't it's not my um it's not my sort of thing either but i just enjoyed the fact that that was a possibility some I don't know the name of the company, but some company apparently was just handing out some granola to help people get nourished. Oh. <laughs> I, I found out some great stuff about Woodstock, guys. I uh, I oh. feel like I've Let, I've really let's find their story. Who are those yeah. people? <laughs> I wish I'd remember the name, but some sort of granola handout, guys, was my fascination. Also, I'll I'll get back to. I'm assuming we're going to talk about the musical performances. Yes. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, well, we continue about the lacerations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll talk about all the great performances. <laughs> One of the funniest things watching, because I was going through some of the, the performances that were there. White Rabbit being performed by Jefferson Airplane in the most coherent, beautiful manner at this tr- sort of drug-addled hippie festival made me laugh hard. Is it Grace Slick? Yes. Yeah. So Grace Slick. Uh, her voice is amazing. It's clear. It's on a sunny day. The mics don't sound feedback. It's so smooth. There's like a gentle atmosphere around her. And she's just belting out what is associated with drug use and stuff. 
this this song White Rabbit. I was just laughing. It was like, and this is at Woodstock. Was this at the very start? Was this this was this the song that opened up? Because it was too clean. This was I was, um, I was reading up all these shit stories about overflowing hippie laceration shit running into the wounds. That doesn't compute this, for me. This was according to this uh, schedule's eight to nine forty in the morning on the Saturday after the music playing since twelve o'clock the previous day. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> it's a long shift. Well, they weren't playing for that whole time. Obviously, they were. You had Creedence uh, Clearwater Revival. Uh, Janis Joplin, Sly and the Family Stone, The Who, Can't Heat, The Incredible String Band, Keith Hartley Band, Santana, that's quite, that's quite the uh, Grateful Dead, yeah, Mountain, that's quite the uh, Quill, does anyone know what the hell Quill is? No. Country Joe McDonald, familiar with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're starting things off before Santana and then you've got these other bands that you've, you've heard of, but that's that's quite the day, that looks like the best, if you're going to turn up for a Havens, day. He did a magnificent performance, that's one of my favorite things about that concert. Who I didn't watch the Richie Havens? Havens performance. Oh, Richie Havens. I thought, uh, shaking Stevens. Shaking Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> no, uh, I never saw it. I haven't watched the Richie Havens one, actually. That sounds like it's worth yeah, uh, it. He starts, he starts things off. Just looking at some of the some of the declines as well. Jeff Beck Group, The Birds, Chicago, The Doors. Oh, there you go. It's a long list. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. People can look up the list. Led Zeppelin. Peter Grant said mm. no because we'd just have been another band on the bill. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So still yeah, be mentioned. They would in this podcast. They would yeah. They, even though they didn't appear. And we just can't <laughs> stop Zeppelin. mentioning Led Zeppelin. <laughs> um uh, rename it. <laughs> the Led Zeppelin podcast. We love um we love to get Led Zeppelin references in where we can. We're going back in time. You're getting free tickets. You going to that? I suppose you'd have to, wouldn't you? Just well, to apparently, see it, it it was free, but apparently it was supposed to be tickets. Was that not? Yeah, a thing they that messed happened? it and up entirely. Did, yeah, so we didn't we, we didn't have to get tickets. Apparently, you just show up with no shoes on, you get in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. free tickets, free granola. That's Woodstock in a nutshell. Yeah, the uh... and then you had Altamont. Oh yeah, the, so I'm just going to say the the, um, the one of the highlight. Well, depending on how you feel about the foot hygiene, the um, the highlights and the, the the real culmination of the, the that that decade, a decade of peace and love and good vibes, um, and then one of the one of the events that are attributed with the death of the '60s, that Altamont Festival. Adam, you you you're desperate to talk about this. Bring us bring us right down back down to earth. <laughs> well, how did they kill the '60s? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's just a, it's a recipe for success. Uh, you have the Rolling Stones organizing a free festival. Um, you have, you know, a packed bill and, uh, we're going to get the Hells Angels to do the security. It was a mess. It was a, a total mess. Like people's cars were like smashed up and like. Oh, another fact about which I'll, I'll cut this in because it's a great fact you know it's like what apparently one of the worst recorded re- uh, traffic jams was due to woodstock apparently it was around the new york area um that's another fact is that interesting really yeah. a couple of days after woodstock there was the um i think the most powerful hurricane ever recorded oh, wow. camille was its name Yes, so, uh, so Altamont, big, big success by the sounds of it. So what? all, the, all the, the Hells Angels wanted to do was turn up, say they were obviously providing security, but all they wanted to do was turn up, get drunk, and watch the watch the bands playing. 
Um, they were paid in beer, weren't they? Yeah, they were, I think they were paid in beer. Yeah, I heard that. They were absolutely legless. And um, yeah, things started to get a little bit tasty. If you watch... When the, <laughs> what a brief the... description of the horror that happened. <laughs> <laughs> they were a bit legless and things got a little tasty. <laughs> I think during Jefferson airplane set, things started to get a little bit... A little bit wrong. Stark contrast, it sounds, to the uh, the Woodstock. I honestly thought you were going to do the, the Cable Guy reference there. Stark contrast to Jim Carrey and the Cable Guy. <laughs> but you know uh, what think, could have yeah. stopped the tension dead in its tracks <laughs> yeah. and neutralized any negative feeling in the whole space, I think. Yeah. And a, so, a performance from the Shags. Oh. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I thought you were going to say Granola. That would have been. <laughs> Wait, do that, would have been uh, that would have de-escalated everything. Hell's Angels, wait, wait! <laughs> this bowl. So I can, uh, I can tell, I can tell Davis dying to get to the, uh, the the shags, but let's delay that. <laughs> you 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 want to make it worth the uh, the the effort for for having listened to that? Could I just tag on to the end of uh, what you said about Altamont Neil, which was the the end of the uh, the sixties, the swinging sixties, and the 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 love movement? Because weirdly, in nineteen sixty nine, on Valentine's Day, Pope Paul the sixth issued this thing. I'm not going to try and pronounce it, but he says <laughs> he deleted. Valentine Some. from the Roman calendar of the saints. So, oh wow, that's uh, yeah, really oh, God. the Sign death of, of love. <laughs> Sign of things to come. So Valentine's deleted. Um, peace and love is 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 on the way out. And um, Altamont. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. By the way, I was saying that we're, we're pronouncing that right. Saying that through the whole podcast, looking like a bunch Al- of Dina. I got it right the first time. <laughs> there. So we're we're getting into the darker times again. In 1970, we kind of touched on the when music starts getting a bit um bit heavier a bit more bit more complicated so you're getting your metal action you've also got the beginnings um of punk rock music uh, so the stooges were well velvet underground are kind of credited with with inventing that that kind of diy punk mm. rock sound even though they were they were actually quite good musicians were they not um whereas uh, whereas the stooges perhaps you might not be able to say the same thing for them. Is it not as well? Are the MC5 not credited for that? Yeah, it's a Detroit thing, isn't it? So they're they're both they're kind of intermingling with each other. Um, yeah. But they, when they were both quite uh, raucous groups, but I think the well, yeah, what do you think? MC5 Stooges? Are we who's who's favouring which one? Kick out the jabs. I hope that was coming. So yeah, the the Stooges and MC Five weren't particularly well received when they first came out by the by the critics. It was all a bunch of noisy, childish. Uh, That's one of the reasons it was so you know it took off culturally because they couldn't they couldn't barely play a note, right? Uh, speaking of bands, in terms of musical ability, not well received. Uh, we all, I believe, had a listen to the album from the Shags, Philosophy of the World. Uncomfortable music to hear in your first. Your first attempt, but there was something unusual about it that made me want to look up why it happened, and that's where it, it got really interesting. I thought the story behind I, that album, the people involved. We were obviously all driven to immediately research it because I wasn't like listening to be like, I wonder what they, I wonder what Neil wants for this. Maybe try and musically try and figure out. Maybe there's an influence in here. There's something about it. No, no. My first instincts was why. 
and I went, I went digging. So the, I mean, part of the reason was it is for 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 decades until somehow more apparently worse music came along. Uh, Crazy Frog. We discussed some of that in a, a, a previous podcast, but uh, widely regarded as the the worst album of all time for for quite a long period of time. And uh, you can. Yeah, speak on it. Sounds like yeah. the drummer's doing her own thing. I think that was part. That was that was the that was kind of the major. Well, not the major thing wrong with it, but yeah, you've you, the 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 guitar and the the vocals are are nothing to get. They're not really in sync at all. But the drummer was just not a drummer. <laughs> yeah, they when when I looked it up, it became this really dark story which made you listen to the music in a completely different light Uh, because at first it was just difficult to take because of the obvious lack of like musicianship and things like that but then when you hear about how how it happened which was the palm reading thing and and yeah like the mother had had a palm reading (laughs) meet a strawberry blonde haired woman and marry her and um, then she would die but he'd have these children and some of these facts had come or some of these predictions had come true. Um, and one of them was that his offspring would form a very successful band. And so he made this happen. They had to play like all the time to get to the point where he felt that they were, uh, that, that would be successful, which is really dark, I especially when you hear yeah, the music. The fact that he, he skipped the, uh, the, the lessons part of it and just sort of went straight to the recording of an album by the sounds of it. I think one of the things that the, the some musicians seem to credit it with when they're talking about it, um, I'm not an authority on it, I obviously just read this one article on it last night, but like the the person who was writing this article that brought up the fact that, yeah, they are not playing in time with one another and that's actually quite hard to do. The drummer keeps time with themselves. The singer keeps their own time. It's a special and, kind of genius. Yeah, yeah it's oh, it's actually like really bizarre to try and do that because mostly you'll kind of half sink in with one another. Like, you know, this just doesn't really seem to happen. It's as if you've recorded three people separately and then, yeah, just uh, really, really weird. Although I will say that I heard notes of like Nico and things like that in it. There's... It, it's not like a million miles away. Just if it was slightly more tuneful, it would have been like it had all these other elements, but they're just mashed together. I so, do you know what I quite liked about it? Uh, I felt that it was it was you know like a I don't I, I listen to quite a lot of music, and sometimes it's hard to uh, you th- you say oh this thing's bad or that thing's bad. Um, in reality, this is this is like almost you know like for the for the younger people, a, a cassette head cleaner. Would uh, would clean your 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 machine so that you would kind of be refreshed for playing in the future. And this kind of refreshes your your musical <laughs> taste, so you actually know what bad music sounds like. So you're ready can to I, to hear the rest of it. Can I make a request that we do a separate podcast, which is Neil describing the use of a head cleaner again? Uh, that was wonderful <laughs> for all you youth out there. So you would, your music would be cleaned and refreshed. <laughs> wonderful. I was I was. Captivated this. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> the strangest thing about this whole Shags situation is that the dad was right, just through sheer willpower. They eventually became. Well, we're talking about it in a different country decades later. Um, yeah. So that's yeah, that's a that's a fair point. Um, yeah, so people are still talking about the Bundy murders, and they weren't good. Jesus. <laughs> no, and 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 I'd just say as well. I mean, it wasn't exactly the Indies and Legacy. I mean, I hadn't even heard of these three ever. 
they would have been quickly forgotten. Did you, did you read this part of the, the story that the person that helped them record it kind of ran off with 900 copies of it for some unknown reason? Um, so <laughs> the, the, it was like very... Back to the desert, burning. Very, <laughs> I gotta help mankind! And somehow Frank Zappa got a hold of one of these copies and he of was like a guest on did. some radio show. And Frank <laughs> Zappa was like, listen, you gotta I'm hear deeply this. Deeply moved by them. Yeah, he was I, deeply I, moved this, by it. I can't take that seriously it's just go away if that i mean that makes me like you less if that's actually coming out your mouth like even if you try to be hilarious you know you know mike i get my comedy stylings from Pee Wee herman you know he's a real influence on me and then you have to look into my personality because maybe i'm in a movie theater as well you know (laughs) (laughs) i mean like (laughs) like frank zappa and you know like Captain Beefheart and that. These guys made some weird music. I mean, it was 69, you know, Trout Mask Replica. Trout Mask Replica, yes. Um, Yeah, but they did that, that, like weird avant-garde thing well. So I love love that. I'll still be to your taste, David, but... (laughs) But I mean, at least don't like, get don't get me started on Captain Beefheart. <laughs> he went from safe as milk, possibly one of my favourite albums of all time. So clean and beautiful, with a voice of a velvety uh, blender, but slightly wonderful. And then there's a fish on the album cover, and then the snake. Zabu bow, beep bow. Not big on trout mass replica. Then you don't want to oh, do a deep yeah. dive on on that one. Do not even try and do that. I'll be absent. Okay, okay, that's 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 noted. What? What happened in this year, though, it's no surprise people were um, doing odd things because it was just so much going on. So that's um, that's that's <laughs> that's all very. Uh, just, uh, just trying to rile up David, but he's going completely quiet. He will not speak on this subject. <laughs> How do you pronounce Omagoma? Is that correct? I Omagoma. Yeah. Omagoma. <laughs> and what are you going to do about it? Don't make it sound like you're, you know, I'm a gummer. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to release this. Um, oh. So yeah, that's that, that's, that's staying in. That's all. That's all very. That's all very outsider music. Um, so it might be like like you're saying there was there was a lot of sort of strange stuff, experimental stuff. And um, but the the stuff that was popular, the stuff that was in the charts, it was all the the kind of the same the same uh, usual suspects. It'd be a, a great time to just drive down the road and switch on the. Uh, the old radio. A- anything that came on would be enjoyable. But that's um, the that's Zodiac all. Killer has uh, taken its third victim. Okay. <laughs> Back to the point. The could can you can you guess what the uh, the biggest selling record of the year is in in the UK and the US? It was "Sugar Sugar" by the cartoon band the Archies. Uh, the choice of, of everybody uh, across the year, which kind of shows you that um, questionable novelty records have, have been... People have always been idiots. They've always been, <laughs> people have always uh, enjoyed that hmm. that kind of thing. We have previously um, had a, a little segment called Song Meanings. Uh, you have a little listen to, to the song, uh, and then we together just try and glean some sort of meaning from the, from the lyrics. Um, and then 1969, on Dave's favourite album... On Trout Mask Replica, The Blimp. I'm going to say immediately it's about a very threatening... <laughs> That's what you're getting from like, this. Yeah, I'm getting from... Especially in that last little couple of like, lines. All the people stare and the girls' knees tremble, run and wave their hands and run their hands over the blimp, the blimp. Daughter, don't you dare. Oh, mama, who cares? It's the blimp, the blimp. This isn't about Jim Morrison, is it? 
and it gets more. Uh, it seems <laughs> to get more more desperate as well. I like um, I like how the, it opens with this is recorded through a fly's ear because that's quite an accurate description of um, of the song, isn't it? The audio, <laughs> yeah, the audio of that song. Is it? Is maybe it's just my terrible headphones, but it, it sounded like it was coming through over a telephone. Yeah, like it's coming through a walkie-talkie type sound. Because I was already just to be irritated and like, oh, here we go, silly trout max replica. But as a like scenario scene of some sort of little skit, it's actually fantastic. So this guy's got a panicked phone call <laughs> to someone warning them of a giant phallic object tormenting the streets. And it's floating towards all these people, and people are hiding under hoods and running, and they're not sure. And then it's just, it's terrifying. And he's getting more scrambled until people just succumb because they know they can't escape it. So, you know. It does take that turn towards the end, but at the beginning, um, got when I see you floating down the gutter, I give you a bottle of wine. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all kind of nonsense, but what's happening there? Well, you try to make it limp. Oh, okay. <laughs> to, oh, to, to make it less threatening. That's what I would do. I mean, maybe not for most, but if I have a couple of bottles of wine, then uh, the blimp nothing. is deflated. Blimp. <laughs> There'll be no phone calls. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Sony owns this. <laughs> they own these lyrics. The blimp. The blimp. If you were ever in a meeting <laughs> trying to pitch to Sony and yeah, they criticised your pitch, you could have quite a, a strong comeback, I think. I assumed that, um, just what, what Drew was saying there, I assumed that <laughs> was like a kind of like, oh no, you know, kind of an exclamation. Yes, like like, like a, a, a ex- exclamation rather than it being about any boobies. Yeah, not just like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's Don't what I'm saying. Like, the more it went on, the more I thought it's like it's supposed to be like a panicked phone call to someone. It's a guy like, oh my God, it's getting closer. It um, it does sound quite, because I, I, I can never figure how much of Trout Mask Replica is stream of consciousness or how much of it was, because I've been, I've heard that it was perfectly constructed. Like this was the, the intent for it to be all like this. But I mean, when you hear it, it would take a, a special brain to put this together on purpose, surely. So I, I, I am right in saying what what year was um, what year was safe as milk? Was that sixty eight, sixty seven? Yeah. 67. So what the hell happened to the guy? What what went wrong? <laughs> well, I mean that one was quite. Who, who hurt was, this man? That was quite wacky, wasn't it? But um, this this is um, yeah, the returning towards the end of the decade. I think everything is coming to a close. I don't know if this is like a yeah. It's I don't know. Saying, you're just saying escalation is what you're saying. Esca- yes, it's already a bit yeah. a bit wacky, and then stuck, you know, yeah, the more drinks you have, the, this the more is the this was where he was always going to go. <laughs> I think oh, this yeah. is where he was going to end up. Uh, yeah. Frank uh, is is Frank Zappa, I believe it must be. Because mm. he's saying Frank, it's the big hit, and then perhaps I mean, the blimp is the huge success that's going to come out of this nonsense album. Yeah. Is that what the blimp yeah. is, Frank? Because yeah, I think well, was Frank Zappa producing this as well. So it's just going to blow up. This is going to be. This is step aside Abbey Road. Um, this is this is the next big hit. Well, yeah, because yeah. it's, it's called the blimp, and I also had to Google during that there what uh, a dirigible is. Um, and it's basically just another kind of blimp. You're flying in the face of coming from coming at this clean, Adam. Uh, actually, I'm researching. <laughs> researching. What does this actually mean? Well, I didn't know what the word was. So I had to know what dirigible meant. We enjoyed did that. Else, did everyone else know what dirigible was before they? Oh yeah, I knew what that was. Of course, I did. Yes. Liar! I thought it was that biscuit treat with the, the ham and the cheese. <laughs> Drew, did you know what it was? You're the king of words. 
No. <laughs> King of words. Wonderful. Adam put himself very much in the gesture role there. Uh, Drew, do you know you're the you're the king of words? <laughs> well, yes. I, well, I confused. I thought it was a camera, but I think that's daguerreotype or something. Camera daguerreotype. He's the uh, he's the king of words and flags. There. Did any good flags come out in 1969, Drew? <laughs> oh, that's like that's uh, cut that cut that guy's mic. That guy's mic. <laughs> right. That's it. We're do- we're done. Get back in our blimps. Get back in our blimps. Um, return this terrible year. Uh, it was enjoyable while it while it lasted, though. Um, if you if you're going to take, uh, you, well, I guess you you know the albums that came out this year. If you're going to take one back with you, do, do you have a you have a choice a choice album that you're going to take back from 1969 uh, back to this year? I would say Abbey Road. That's an obvious choice. But my favorite song of all time, "Let It Bleed," to be able to still hear "Gimme Shallow." I would take. Now that I know the the it would be a rare item, I would take one of the um destroyed or stolen copies of huh. Philosophy of the World. <laughs> <laughs> Philosophy of the World. Uh, uh Drew, you got any any uh, choices of uh, albums or you I'd pick uh, yeah, either of those two, yeah. <laughs> Either of those two, so, Rolling Stones or Philo- Rolling Stones, led me or oh, wow. Philosophy of the World by the Shags. Uh, you can, you can, if you can find another a non-destroyed copy, you can also have uh, the Shags album. Possibly one of my favourite Drew moments. Instantly devalues my copy by fifty percent. <laughs> oh god, um, David two, David two. Oh my god, I lost it. <laughs> Respect Lost just your, gets worse. You're uh, pecking order. Not only am I not sort of David, it's uh, or even you know maybe go back and forth to Dave. I've been relegated to David too. <laughs> Somehow worse because it's extra. It's the name and then a number. Anyway, sorry, David too. Um, I, I'm kind of boring. I would take back um, Bert Janch Birthday Blues just because it's got one of my favourite songs of all time and it poisons. So. Mm. Um, I just think it's a wonderful piece of music, and I think if I lost that, because I think all the other ones. There's so much dirt on them. There's something, some stink. There's something so pure about Little Boat. I was almost <laughs> going to see him live, and I was almost going to see him live, and he died the year I bought tickets to see his show, and I feel like I killed him. Um, so I, of course, I'm going to take uh, Trout Mask Replica back with me, <laughs> um, and uh, I'm very glad to do it. Uh, I will be as well, clutching that as we're as we're blimping back to as we all rush to the phones. And there we go. That's it. We're back in 2020. Um, yeah. You happy about that, or, or just get this year over? Might have to go and look at some more fridges tomorrow to cheer myself up. Cut that guy's mic. <laughs> hey, I didn't I've, say anything. I've learned that when I research things, my ability to judge the pace of a conversation suffers. <laughs> how's how's that now? <laughs> because I just want to squeeze facts and <laughs> I, I looked this up, and that'll do it for another week. Another episode. Thanks, everyone, for, for join, joining us in, in 1969. We'll join you for another time travel at a later date. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.